Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Leach Report Radio Network presents Kentucky Bank Sunday Morning Sports Talk on 630 WLAP. Interact with the show by calling 859-280-CATS. That's 859-280-2287. Now, with Larry Vaught and Anthony White, here's Curtis Birch. Welcome back in Kentucky Bank Sunday Morning Sports Talk. Curtis Birch, Anthony White, Larry Vaught with you today. Uh, talking a lot about the SEC's announcement of a conference-only schedule and all the ramifications around that. We also uh, are going to get into the NBA, uh, which came back to action over the past couple of days. A lot of former Kentucky players were obviously in the mix there. There was a lot of success uh, as well from many of those guys. Um, but one of the big stories that came out recently this week was a leaked uh, conference call that involved SEC officials and uh, SEC players. It was obtained by the Washington Post. Uh, The two kind of headline-grabbing deals were an SEC official told the players that it's a given that SEC team will have COVID-19 cases. And then the other uh, one that was actually in kind of the title of the piece was a player said that it it is not enough of what they're doing currently. That was from a Texas A&M linebacker. Larry, you read the story and posted some about it on VaughtsViews.com. When you went through that, what were your kind of thoughts? One, I was wondering who had had the connection to get – to have somebody record the whole conversation and send it to them. That was pretty – the old newspaper guy, me admired those folks for having that kind of connection uh, right there. It spelled out a lot of a lot of things. And I guess on the one hand, you would uh, say good for the SEC officials for being so honest with the players. But I don't think if I was a player or a parent of a player, that was exactly reassuring news the way those statements were came out, especially about that there's not a whole lot we can do, and, and I think uh, you have the article that I don't remember exactly what the last comment or statement was from Greg Sankey about basically he just got to learn to live with it or something like that. Again, not exactly sure that's what I would have wanted to have heard. Let's see, I'll open the article up, and um, Sankey, at the end, his comment, his uh on the call, he said, my advice is you're going to have to go live your life in this environment. I think that's the challenge uh, that we're trying to meet. Um, he also then, uh, the SEC put out a statement and Sankey followed it up. 
Uh, Sankey said in tweets, the SEC is proud to conduct calls with student athletes for candid conversations and greater understanding of issues important to them. A football student athlete's leadership call was held this week with our medical advisors to provide insight and respond to their questions related to COVID-19. The call was intended to be confidential to encourage honest conversation and direct uh, and directly provide student athletes with information and a forum for dialogue, we work diligently to make the right decisions with the best information available in a dynamic and changing environment. While no tweet or quote fully captures every aspect of any meeting, the student athletes participating on Wednesday's Football Leadership Council video conference concluded with this comment. Thank you. We appreciate the information and hope we can do this again. Anthony, uh, you know, I think uh, kind of that it's not good from the sense that there, you know, maybe a little bit of distrust and worry if you're if a confidential meeting where you're kind of real talking gets leaked out. You you don't like that. I think it is good that the conference is having direct dialogue um, with the players and trying to answer uh, questions as as best as they can. And while while some things were were headline grabbing, overall the the conversation and the snippets, I mean, weren't things that I feel like we weren't discussing already and weren't kind of already aware of to a certain extent. Yeah, I, could, I think I could take both sides. I could uh, I could see as because as a player, you know, these aren't professional players where the guys are upper 20s, mid, upper 20s, maybe 30s, and they're going home to just their family. Like I said, most of these guys are 18, 19, 20, 21 years old where, you know, they're probably involved with a mother or parents, which are probably in their 40s or 50s, and grandparents, which are in their 60s or something. So, they're, so yeah, they're, it's not going to affect them. So I understand what they're saying, That and, and uh, Larry keeps harping. I'm not saying Larry's saying don't worry about it because we've all on this show have said, you know, safety first on everything. But we're so safety first to the point where not that you really have to take risks, you have to take the most calculated risk that, okay, the percentages say that this won't affect us. Let's try this. And I, I guess if you're on, if, if you and I, you and I talk offline or off air a lot, mm-hmm. I'm not sure all of our conversations that we have off air is, is acceptable for, there's nothing egregious or crazy uh, as, as, as for on-air uh, conversation. So I kind of I see where that we, we kind of got to get progress. And I think the thing is the same people who want us to have progress and get sports, as Larry keeps saying, is that in order to do that, you're going to have to take some risk. I'm not, risk is probably not the right word. You're going to have to go out on faith some. You're going to have some faith in that the numbers we're getting, the research that's been done, that this is the safest possible viable avenue to go. I like that, but, but the other the other point you made, I don't, I'm not really cool with the whole thing of, you know, leaking the conversation and twisting it the way you want it to be. Uh, you know, same as calling the player garbage uh, and being a unnamed yeah. source. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I, I guess the things about it says. Um, the quote at the headline of the article, it says it's not good enough. That's, you know, the, the quote that they use when you read the full quote from the Texas A&M linebacker, he's, he's very much appreciative of all the information and he basically saying, and I'm paraphrasing and I'll, I'll, we'll tweet out the article and you can read it 
the the full context with little clips as well um, on the Sunday Morning Sports Talk Twitter feed. But, but it's kind of, this isn't good enough, and I read it, Larry, as this isn't good enough, not like at a shot at the SEC, but I feel like the SEC just doesn't have an, any answers and no real medical professions do. And it's it's not good enough when you have this much uncertainty, but it's really there's not fault at the SEC level, if that makes sense. It's uncertainty throughout. It's not that they're not trying to plan and trying to do everything they can. Yeah, I, I, I could probably go along with that, but I just think still the, the point the player was raising is just that he's concerned that they're just – not, not having any answer is not good enough to maybe want him to go out there and risk his health. And all is how I took it. And again, that's the same issue I have with everybody across the country. And, and, and again, that's just from my point, just wondering about it. But, but I also, as I've tried to point out, it, it's hard to know because in five months you don't know who's going to be right, who's going to be wrong, and what's going to be different. A month ago, I certainly never thought we'd see the number of cases just continuing to grow like what it did during July. So, uh, again, I think there's just a lot of unknowns. That's why I think the SEC did the right thing, but not deciding to play all the way till the end of September and give yourself as long as you can to try to study what's going to happen with other leagues, but also what's going to happen when the Larry Vaults of the world get back on campus and the Anthony Whites of the world have to deal with us when they're trying to stay safe, and yet you got guys like me on campus who might not be – quite thinking the same way yeah that's true anthony uh i mean and that's why it's i think that that in portion is why you can't give definite answers because you know no one really knows and you're basically laying out plans for things you don't have full control over yeah i mean you know all the uk athletes they have the money and they have the resources uh to you know go about their craft and be socially distanced and be safe uh, but, I mean, we've all, since we don't have Mark on the show anymore, we, we've all went to the University of Kentucky and, and did our did our, do, did our thing, but there, most of the, you know that everybody at that age who's living on campus, who's interacting on campus, wants to socialize. I don't know what, what it would be like to go through one, one and a half, two years of your, your teen at 18, 19, 20, 20 year live on campus. I mean, that's our outlet when you're not studying. So the the, the unknown is not that because I talk to uh, Coach Stewart all the time, and they're they're on top of it. You know, he he called. Yeah, man, I got my test back. I'm I'm negative. You know, I'm I'm good to go. So you know, it, it's kind of something that they do on a regular, and they take you know they take real I mean full responsibility about it. But then again, like you said, when you mix them in with the rest of the population, just like you see on the beaches in California. Texas, Florida, Georgia, South Carolina. That I mean, these youngsters, they just you know they just want to have fun. So when you get beat up by the books all day long, you want to have fun. And if you got to sit next to an athlete, I do, and I'm not sure if this is acceptable. If they're going to find a way, but the the amenities and the facilities we have now, they could really much get their work fit to an environment where the where the athletes can do their work there. But then again, I don't know if that's acceptable because you 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 kind of giving them too much of a leeway, the option that the other student or students don't have. But I mean, if you know, there's so much money in that industry that if that's something they want to do, I think they could, they could uh, honestly do that. Yeah. Um, I think that there's going to be a lot of options 
um, explored uh, throughout this. Speaking of uh, college people and some of the bad decisions they possibly make, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about bars coming up after this uh, break, and it involves a former U.K. football player. It's not a negative story, so don't worry about that. That's coming up right after this. If you'd like to interact with the show, hit us up on Twitter at Sports. I'm Curtis Birch with Larry Vaught, Anthony White, Bo Robinson, and you're listening to Kentucky Bank Sunday Morning Sports Talk. Welcome back in Kentucky Bank Sunday Morning Sports Talk. Curtis Birch, Anthony White, Larry Vaught, Bo Robinson with you. Talking about bars in just a minute, but let's first get to the phone lines. KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline. The one and only John Short is online. Good morning, John. Good morning, everybody. You're all great Americans. You are as well, buddy. What's on your mind today? What are your thoughts on the SEC schedule? Okay, that's how long we play Louisville. If we play Louisville and Pennsylvania State or Louisville and somebody else, too, they can make all 12 games. That would be great. Well, there potentially could be one out-of-conference game, um, but it would have to be a bowl game. John. Yeah. You know, so we haven't played 10 games in the regular season since back in 1960. That was a while ago, wasn't it? That's right. So how do you think Kentucky will fare with the new schedule? 10 wins, no setbacks, no ties. There you go. John Short, thank you for your call, buddy. <laughs> Anthony, you heard it right there. John Short, 10-0. and I mean, that's the first time... Uh, I have ever heard him say that they're not going to go twelve and zero in, in years and years, and it was there was had to be a schedule change to make that happen. <laughs> hey man, I, I'm I'm always on top of that man. Long as long as John Short's on board with me, then then you know everything is aligned and right. So if you start, get, well, I guess you don't. Well, you can get plane tickets now if you have to fly, but most of us around here don't have to fly to get to Atlanta. I'm assuming the SEC yeah. championship is still in Atlanta. Yeah, that's the plan. Um, yeah, so. Um, all right, so we're going to get into this uh, bar talk, and we talked last segment about a conversation um, that SEC players had with the conference office and the story that came from that conversation. We got a tweet from Jay. He was asking if uh, – if players are worried about catching it in bars and hanging out with friends. And I think from what I understand from the UK perspective, everybody's taking precautions. But um, one thing and one of the topics that has been going around a lot for the Lexington area is that the Two Keys has been closed during this pandemic. Lots of bars are struggling. And uh, they had some issues. Uh, they recently took down the big signs. I drove past it the other day, and, and they were down. But there could be a potential rescuer. Benny Snell tweeted out a couple of days ago, Kentucky fam, I need help getting in contact with the landlord of Two Keys Tavern. Please help me. Any info would be helpful. Thanks. Then he tweeted a little bit later, update, I found them. Thanks for the help. Big change on the way. Larry, how would Benny Snell be as a bar owner? Oh, I think it would be awesome. Can you imagine during the off season, Benny's in Lexington, you know, there's a chance Benny Snell might be hanging out there at uh, Two Keys checking on his business. I think it would be a pretty pretty big deal. And as a student, 
few years ago who might have been in two keys a time or two. I would certainly like to see that place be able to hang on and flourish and uh, be like it. It's just a, a campus uh, mainstay, I think. I mean, I've visited there several times just because the uh, atmosphere was so good. Man, Anthony, I didn't realize two keys was that old. That's terrible, man. I think it's been, it's been around for 66 years. I will tell you this. I'm, I'm going to be negative Nancy for a second. Ooh. Not negative Nancy. I'll be realistic Rick. Uh, I've had some I've had some good experiences at Two Keys. I've had some bad experiences at Two Keys. And neither one of those are my judgment. The one thing I do go to is I, I kid you not. And I, I may have said this on the show before. I don't know if you know who Marshall Falk is. Oh, of course. Uh, a former NFL MVP, Super Bowl champion, said when I first got in the NFL, he said, and out of the blue, and this is why it's always stuck with me, for no reason at all, it was not part of the conversation, he said, I'm going to tell you this, kid, whenever you start making money, don't go out and buy a damn bar. <laughs> that's the worst investment you can make. And so, and, it's, and, I, and, and I never really knew what it meant, but we kind of talked about it, and I can kind of see where, you know, you can lose a lot of money real quick, and I think is his point. And but on the other hand, Two Keys has been around for a long time, so it has established its reputation, and you know, uh, you know, it's become a uh, just a a pillar in, in the city. But like I said, I've had bad experiences and good experiences there, so I, I think it's good. That's what Benny wants to do. The only thing that resonates in the back of my head, I never took the opportunity to to challenge Marshall on what he said. But if that's what Benny wants to do, I think Benny's probably the right guy to do it. But like I said, I had good experiences and bad experiences there. So when Benny Snell is done playing football, what is going to be the case? I don't walk up to every club I, I go to and say, hey, I'm Anthony White. I'm a former U.K. football player. I don't say that every time I go to a club. So I'm interested to see how it goes because, like I said, I've had good experiences and I've had bad experiences. The bar industry is obviously a tough one um, if you listen to anything and if you just watch turnovers <laughs> of different downtown uh, establishments. But the name recognition of Benny Snell and the name recognition uh, of two keys, I don't think you necessarily should uh, bet against it if that ultimately happens. It would be fun. And plus, uh, from can, you know, kind of a selfish standpoint, that would probably mean Benny Snell would be coming to town a lot more uh, frequently, so a lot more maybe opportunities to interact with him. He has done that in the past, holding several camps um, during his NFL offseason. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, before we get to our next break, let's get back to the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline. Dick from, oh, Dick from Dayton left us. Anthony, can you believe he did that? I was gonna give you this is this is like something that you know, I don't know, it doesn't happen a ton, um, but you know. You were ready to talk some baseball, Anthony. You were you're you're not the biggest baseball guy, right? But you were ready to talk some baseball and Dick from Dayton always loves to talk baseball and I was gonna make that happen and he was so impatient. Maybe he had to get back to the to to the work. They were selling so much uh you know, home improvement supplies he had to leave, but that's uh that's saddened for me. Anytime you can look out for me, Curtis, I enjoy it. You know why? Why? Because we're one team we're one team one heartbeat. Um, we are going to talk about that baseball stuff. Uh, I mentioned that Anthony, when we were discussing show topics today, uh, brought it up. It's getting really, really kind of interesting. There's um, negatives, 
because there are positive tests. So uh, we'll get into that a little bit, and we'll also uh, start to dip our toe into the NBA. Uh, and later on in the show, we got to talk about the KHSAA's uh, late latest meeting. If you'd like to give us a call and not hang up, you can, 859-280-2287. That's the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline. I'm Curtis Birch with Larry Vaught, Anthony White, Bo Robinson back at the studio making it happen. And you are listening to Kentucky. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Bank, Sunday morning sports talk. Welcome back in. Kentucky Bank, Sunday morning sports talk. Curtis Birch, Anthony White, Larry Vaught, Bo Robinson with you today. Talking college football. Um, but we are going to start discussing pro sports right now because they've obviously been in the news a ton. Ton of connections in both the MLB and the NBA with former Kentucky players making um, a lot of positive news. Some former UK baseball players, including Evan White, have made some uh, highlights that have been going around social media in his rookie season. A couple other pitchers uh, have, have been doing well uh, that used to wear the Kentucky uniform. Uh, but, Anthony, the overall health of the MLB is kind of in question at this point, and uh, it's not good for the rest of sports if they can't get it going. Yeah, it's kind of funny. We know we talked about that earlier. The, the question is, they said, uh, I think MLB, you know, there's been some more cases discovered on the MLB, and but the commissioner MLB, or I'm not sure if it's him alone, but he and uh, the other uh, administration has said that there's going to be cases, you know, we got to keep going. But when that was said, as far as, you know, keeping college or keeping college football alive, then it's kind of insensitive and, and dangerous and, and these things. So I don't know, but I, I don't know if it was you or Larry who said earlier, I think that's the biggest thing. You got to sit back and kind of watch what's going on with other sports and, and adapt to it. I do think, and I've always been safety, safety, safety. I'm still safety, safety, safety. But I think there's a portion that, you know, you like I said, you have to take calculated risks. I, and I don't want to call them risks. You have to t take calculated uh, attempts to get, you know, uh, some kind of season in to, you know, get people. Because there's more than just being greedy for money. And there's other people's livelihoods. There's workers' livelihoods. There's there's family's livelihoods. There's a, and then there's entertainment for the – for the country, which is, I think, is further down the pole. But 
if you if they're taking care of everything, doing it safely, and it's working, and you get one case here, isolate that person. You get another one, quarantine, you know, quarantine and isolate the people as as they as the cases come up. It's kind of big, but if it plagues the whole team or something, that's completely different. So I think you got to take risks. But I, I know I woke up to, or I went to bed to, MLB was about to shut down, and like about an hour ago, the commissioner says they're going to keep baseball going. Like I said, I think his whole point was that there's going to be some cases we have to take care of those, try to take care of those cases and get rid of them, get those people back to action. That's the same as any other virus or injury. But, you know, I guess however you want to take the headlines, you can take it and run with it whichever direction you like to go. The comment from Manford was, and this was to ESPN's Carl Ravage, um, he said, we are playing, the players need to be better, but I am a, but I am a, not a quitter in general, and there is no reason to quit now. We have had we have had to be fluid, but it is manageable. Larry, I think um, one of the biggest hurdles that baseball has uh, going against it is the fact that it seems like the commissioner and owners and the players really don't like each other at all. And they're always bickering, and this seems to be not the sole reason for trouble, but I, I, it can't help. No, it sure can't, because this is something you have to be able to pull together to, to be able to make happen. And, and and they've got a lot of a lot of issues. How many games have they had canceled so far or changed right now? Curtis, fifteen? Did I read that? Is that right? Um, I don't have the exact number. I know uh, in the article I have up, it says that eight teams have had uh, delays in games. So eight of the yeah. 22 teams have experienced postponement to this point. But but I don't think you could be shocked by that just based on the numbers in our country when you've got teams flying to different places, playing in different environments. And they're, they're not in a, in a bubble, so they're exposed somewhat. Some of those guys are just going to get it, and, and like I say, it's a something in Major League Baseball. I would think had to have anticipated was going to happen, and may may get better, may get worse. They may learn from this at all, but yeah, they they don't get along very well. That makes it hard to do things that would maybe make it better for everybody. Like I say, if there's one good thing about it. Maybe helping everybody else learn <laughs> what to do or what not to do is you're going to try to have sports or at least see what can happen and how Major League Baseball deals with it to make it where it's not just a total disaster. How do they handle this? And and so far, I mean, I guess it could be a lot worse than what it's been, but I think this next week is going to be very telling for baseball and what's going to happen or if there's going to continue to be baseball. All right, let's get to the phone lines. Dick from Dayton has called back in. Good morning, Dick from Dayton. Well, good morning, uh, Curtis. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, Anthony. How are you this morning? Doing pretty good, buddy. What's on your mind? Oh, uh, Curtis, I was going to ask Larry and Anthony and you, you know, the the Reds coming on and this. Don't you think it's uh, kind of... uh, it seems gnaw or kind of depressing. Uh, I know with the virus and stuff, does it look kind of empty to you not to see the fans coming in there? Yeah, it's it's really, really different. And uh, the Reds are 
it doesn't help that the Reds are struggling to start the season no. going uh, two and five, but you know with the run differential only negative one, so they're you know overall they're they're doing you know they should be doing a lot better than the record indicates if you go just purely by runs. But uh, yeah, let me throw it to the guys. Thank you for your call, uh, Dick from Dayton. That is You're something, welcome, Curtis. Um, that's something. That we talked about a lot, the the fake fans that uh, were we talked about that a little bit last week. The fake fans that are in uh, the, that the think that Fox is using um, for some of their national games. Some local teams have used uh, cardboard cutouts, uh, and in the NBA, they're using something that many many other leagues have used as well. The virtual fans, where they're having people uh, watch the games at home and then point a camera on themselves, and then they're projecting them onto screens on the side and even behind the free throws. So uh, first off, your thoughts on how baseball has sounded, uh, Anthony? How much? Uh, it, is, it is different. Like, it is completely different. And, you know, I think we never – you never really realize how much you – you know, the fan experience and the, the fan roar and just a little, oh, or – Ah, the ups and downs of the game from a fans or I mean, from a viewer standpoint, not in the stadium, but from a viewer standpoint. Mm-hmm. You know, because I grew up an Indians fan before they got good, and you know, it's pretty pretty quiet, empty stands. So I was kind of used to it. But but watching the games, I, even from a from a, a TV point of view, I, I still think it takes away from the activity and the and the energy of the game or the the ability for me to actually really want to watch it. Larry, what have you having a? I don't know how much baseball you've been watching. What is your kind of thoughts on how they've looked so far? Well, I don't ever watch a, a lot of baseball. I kind of fell out with baseball a few years back, and I've never really become enamored. Again, I, I, I used to watch a little bit more just to aggravate Mark Berger because he was so passionate, and it was so easy to get him riled up about about his Reds and all. But but I've been watching some and. I guess I'm way different on this. I miss the fans, but the reason I miss them is one of the things I used to like to watch on the baseball games was when a foul ball was hit, to watch the scrambles for the foul balls or to see who could make a catch or not make a catch. I always thought that was kind of entertaining to me. But as far as just watching the game itself, it's really not bothered me. I've been happy just to have something live to watch again, and I guess I just haven't paid that much attention to it. You just get used to it being empty and just kind of go on, or that's been my take on it. Yeah, you kind of forget after a little bit, especially if um, you just have it on as background noise to a certain extent, and maybe you're not locked in and seeing every little uh, little detail about the, the baseball game. But the other league that came back this week is the NBA. They're obviously playing in a bubble in Orlando. No fans there. It has been um, something to see how, how they've been doing it. They've been doing the virtual fans, including I was watching the Thunder game yesterday, and they had actually had a, a, a camera on Chris Paul's son. He was one of the virtual fans in there, and it was it was kind of amusing, Anthony. All the times, kind of in line with Larry's point about the fact that you get to the fun side of watching the fans with the foul balls, etc. But uh, the other thing that a lot of networks do is go to the celebrities and let you know who's at the game. Oh, look, here's Jack Nicholas at the Lakers game, et cetera, et cetera. Well, it kind of got – there was a moment where that happened again. You know, the camera pans, and on the screen, 
Uh, it, I don't know if it was uh, Chris Paul Jr. or, or what, what uh, Chris Paul's son's name was, but he's there watching his dad, you know, uh, through a computer, and they had, it had the exact same setup where, you know, you show the fan with the little name underneath, and, and he's celebrating along. And then uh, also they have the fans behind the free throws, and some of the fans are, are waving the hands just like they're at the game. Um, watching it there, so it, that that's an interesting dynamic. the The NBA also obviously has the music going in game, so that kind of fills some of the void. And on top of all of that, uh, a lot of teams are are being way more vocal, uh, calling things out and and cheering on their teammates to kind of fill uh, the absence of, of fans rooting on their own. So the NBA, I feel like it's obviously different. It's not an arena. But you still get a little bit of the vibe of a fan vibe through a bunch of filler activity. Yeah, I, I do think that's pretty neat. Uh, just looking at the screen where you know you don't hear the constant roaring or whatever. I think I think there's more opportunity and with maybe baseball. You know, with uh, you know, adding boxes to the screen where you just have the common fans. You can switch it randomly, and they can pay for their their ability to be on the screen. There's I, I don't know why nobody has picked and you know and I love Tom Leach for what he's done of course man and I I really praise thank you Tom and uh, and I'm not to, we won't, we won't I don't think you and I have to leave that we wouldn't have to leave this show for people to come and consult with us on our marketing but there I think if you get more of the fan interaction that's one thing we've learned from this pandemic uh, for with the drafts and things that we've had. If you can capitalize, and capitalize is not my number one priority, but if you could capitalize and, you know, get people, because the more somebody wants to be on the screen, that's the more they're going to pay. Mm-hmm. When you see a button, the sponsors are going to get involved. And I think you should always have people on the screen. And that's one thing I liked about the NBA when the announcers are on there. You know, typically only get the announcers on breaks and this, that, and the other, but they have the announcers on there during the game. And I kind of like their back and forth and their banner where you can see them live during the game. Yeah, uh, we got to get to a break, Larry. I'm going to get Larry's thoughts on the NBA atmosphere, um, and we're going to get into how some of the UK guys have fared in these opening games over the past couple of days. Uh, if you'd like to interact with the show and give us your thoughts, you can on Twitter at Sunday AM Sports. You can also email us Sunday Morning Sports Talk at gmail.com. Got some responses to the question about which teams you'd like to add to Kentucky's conference only schedule. Uh, we'll get to those soon. Um, and uh, be sure to, you can also give us a call on the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline if you'd like to voice your opinion that way, 859-280-2287. I'm Curtis Birch with Larry Vaught, Anthony White, Bo Robinson back at the studio. You're listening to Kentucky Bank Sunday Morning Sports Talk. Tiny Welcome back in. Kentucky Bank, Sunday Morning Sports Talk, Curtis Birch. Anthony White, Larry Vaught, Bo Robinson playing some bubble tunes as we talk about the NBA bubble. I don't think it's a very tiny bubble. It's I think it's taken over quite a bit of Disney's resort there. One of my favorite things that uh, from social media since they went down, since the NBA um, went down, uh, their two play uh, basketball was uh, Enos Cantor, who is obviously so much fun and has a lot of 
a lot of important messages um, about his home country on Turkey and, and speaks out socially on various things, but he also likes to have fun on social media. And he's uh, very good friends with former teammate um, uh, of the Oklahoma City Thunder, um, the big uh, big New Zealander. And um, Enos tweeted out a picture of him and uh, Daniel Ratliff, who I think most people are probably familiar, is Harry Potter. He said, this has been a, uh, almost a week ago now, he said, Happy 31st birthday to my brother Daniel Radcliffe. Thanks for making our childhood truly magical. Hashtag Harry Potter. Uh, Steven Adams, uh, his former Thunder teammate, Cantor, of course, is now with the Boston Celtics. Steven Adams uh, quickly replied to Cantor and said, You're about to be thrown out of the bubble. Disney is hosting you, big fella. <laughs> Uh, I love those two uh, going back and forth. But, um, Larry, from the games you see from the NBA perspective, how have you kind of viewed what they've been able to do so far? I I like what they're doing. I've I've watched some of the uh, Indiana win over Philadelphia, and I've uh, watched Patrick Patterson play a little bit the other night. So I've I've enjoyed it. I think the NBA's got a really, really good plan. Of course, they've got the money to – implement that plan, which makes it a little bit easier to do. I'm not exactly sure just how big that bubble is at Disney, but apparently it's, it's a pretty big bubble. I know mm-hmm. I've seen players talk about how tough it is, but I mean, it's not like you're confined to your hotel room every minute you're not in the gym. You can still get out and do things. I was reading an article about all the different things that players have ordered to be shipped into them to help kind of help with their conveniences there. So they seem to be handling it, it, it okay. And, again, it's it's better than not being able to play. So if that's what you have to do for 60, 70 days, whatever it is, to be able to have basketball, I think that's something they ought to be able to uh, handle okay. And I, I think the NBA has done a good job from all I can tell so far. I believe it's three or four hotels. I know there's three arenas that they're playing in as well. So it is a relatively big space, uh, Larry, as, as you pointed out. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of guys from Kentucky that have made big impact. Anthony Davis had that monster game um, the first night that opened when the Lakers beat the Clippers. Uh, the Lakers fell last night uh, to the Raptors. Shea Gilgis-Alexander has been a, a guy who a lot of people have been excited about. The Thunder uh, had a win last night against the Jazz. Uh, the Miami Heat Yesterday got a, a pretty much a blowout win over the Denver Nuggets, who are struggling because they're trying to get a bunch of guys healthy, um, including Jamal Murray, who didn't play last night. They they beat the the Heat beat the Nuggets by 20 points. Bam Adebayo had a big game, and Tyler Hero's coming off uh, the bench. So obviously, as you know, many people know Kentucky guys uh, across the board there. But Anthony, I mean, have you seen anybody from UK's uh, camp that have kind of piqued your interest in this NBA bubble? Unfortunately, I haven't been able to get in contact with a lot of the NBA stuff. I've been, I'm in a couple chat groups where everybody's, you know, tweeting to me about, or not tweeting, but uh, chatting about what's going on. But I, I actually haven't been able to catch any of the games. I've seen some highlights, and like I said, my buddies will send me clips, and I'll, I'll watch some of the highlights after, but. Um, this pandemic is this pandemic is obviously beating me up way worse than it's beating up uh, these professional athletes in the leagues. De'Aaron Fox was the other guy who had a huge night. He had 
39 points in Sacramento's opening game. Uh, the King ultimately lost that. But uh, it, it's something uh, – this stuff is going to happen fast and furious in these these games that the NBA is calling seeding games is obviously going to have huge impacts of who plays who in uh, the playoffs. Uh, it, it's going to be kind of interesting to see if teams – can rev up if they rest players. There's so many things that are happening in this uh, NBA season that is so unprecedented, including the number of games that happen. You know, Anthony, you mentioned that uh, you hadn't got to see many, if any, games, but there's a ton <laughs> that you'll be able to see over the next couple of days. I mean, it looks like there's at least, you know, five or six games every day the NBA is going to be playing. So you'll have your chance to catch up. Uh, with some of the former UK players that are in the NBA. Coming up after this, we are going to get into your suggestions for who Kentucky should play in the additional two SEC games for this upcoming season. If you'd like to voice your thoughts on that topic, hit us up on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, email us, sundaymorningsportstalk at gmail.com, or give us a call 859-280-2287. I'm Curtis Birch with Larry Vaught, Anthony White, Bo Robinson. This is Kentucky Bank Sunday Morning Sports Talk. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.